0: And we're back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of Both Sides of the Fence. I'm here today, Daniel Beadle, a buyer's agent with Henderson Advocacy, and my co-host, Kevin Buchanan, a real estate selling agent with Manor Real Estate out in the Hills District. And we're excited for episode seven. We've got one of the greatest real estate agents from Strathfield, Tarun Sethi, with Richard Hi. Matthews. Thanks for having mate, me, mate. We're really keen to have you on today.
1: Likewise, looking forward to it. It's going to
0: be a good one. uh, Hopefully ask some deep questions and get some of the uh, (laughs) secrets out. Um, I think a good place to start is to get an understanding of, you know, your journey so far and why real estate and what that's looked like over the couple, you know, the last few years.
1: Yeah, sure. Um, I think think I've always been, you know, passionate about the real estate industry, property as a whole. You know, I've been brought up in a family that have kind of, property enthusiasts, if you will, invested in properties, all that sort of stuff. So it's been something that, you know, I've always wanted to do, um, ever since a kid. And I think that was my first job out of high school. Yeah. Yeah. Went straight into real estate even even before I graduated really, yeah. Cool. And how, how, uh, how long
2: have you been in the game for now? Uh, so, approximately seven years, yeah. Approximately seven years, great. And obviously, uh, the past couple of years, I, I used to, just so everyone knows, I actually used to work at Richard Matthews Real Estate, where Tarun is now, there you go. and from for the past couple of years, you've kind of seen Tarun kind of explode the past couple of years. Um, at the moment, do you mind letting us, our viewers know what, how many transactions you're doing per year, what your average sale price is, and maybe some of your biggest sales as well?
1: Yeah, Absolutely. I think, uh, I think in the last 12 months, uh, I've sold probably, well, this year alone, we'll be selling probably about 60, 70 properties, yep. um, obviously alongside the team. Average sale price, I'd say, is probably about three and a half mil. Jeez. That's big dollars. Big dollars, and I guess
2: the, what you've seen transition from being. Well, where did you start? Where, what position did you start in? Sorry, as
1: secretary? I started. Yeah, as a receptionist. As a receptionist, on the front desk.
2: Okay, so <laughs> how did you transition from, and what bought you and and motivated you from being a receptionist to now being a leading agent in in a highly affluent suburb?
1: I think uh, I think that's you know always been one of my goals, and obviously. Um it's a step at a time. Run right? mm. wasn't built in a day, right? <laughs> no, exactly. Um and uh, you know you kind of work you work your way through the hurdles and uh, you just kind of go through the process of it all. Um went from a receptionist into property management, um did that for a couple of years and then went into sales um now I've got a now. I'm fortunate enough to be leading a team. You know, with yep. awesome people in it. Yep. Um. So yeah, looking forward to the, the next step. I guess in the journey, it's a long road ahead.
2: And and how many how many people are in your own personal team now? Four, including myself. Four, including yourself. Yep. Do you mind giving our viewers a bit of an understanding of each particular person in that team and their roles in that team? Yeah. What their daily tasks are. Or,
1: yeah. Absolutely. Is. Well, look. Now I've kind of you know transitioned. Um. You know the structures a little. In a, in a way where they're all kind of doing, um, you know, sales agent kind of work. Um, yep. I'm looking for an executive assistant who kind of, you know, controls all the processes, the structures, and who's more really like a team coordinator, if you will. Yep. Um, I, I try and, you know, get the majority of the listings, um, and I'll be working alongside Carlos, Kayla, and Jacob, um, and we all go out there. Everyone's hungry. We've all got, you know a tunnel vision um, and everyone's in line with each other. Um, we work really well together as a team, yeah. Yeah, and it it, it looks like it too from what you see on social media.
2: What, are there, are you, any of your team members listening and selling beside you or are they purely
1: prospecting at the moment? Most of them are predominantly prospecting. Um, yeah. Carlos has now started to go out and, you know, go to listings. I'm encouraging him to go to listings by himself. Um, it's one of those things, Kev, where as you're well aware, if you don't, you know, throw someone in the deep end and, mm. you know, sink or swim kind of mentality. You start to learn and that's probably the best way to learn. Mm. Um, I wouldn't call it a mistake. I'd call it a lesson. And, you know, once you learn that way, you know not to, you know what to do and you know what not to do. Yep. That's the reality of it. Yeah.
0: What would you say now with your experience has been some of your biggest sink or swim moments?
1: Um things like, you know, losing listings, Um, you know, a few years ago, I'd probably take a week to get over (laughs) losing a listing. Now it's like, whatever, you just move on to the next one. Um, So, you know, facing adversity. And I think, um, you know, I think being, you know, dogged, if you will, or grass cut on, you know, um, little little things in uh, a real estate kind of perspective make you learn and you realize it's about the the bigger picture there's a longer game mm, um, correct.
2: Yeah. now I there were always a one to two particular bigger name agents that were in the marketplace dominating for quite a long time in the Strathfield area and you've pretty much blown it apart what do you attribute your success or your level of success that you're at now what are the tasks or what have you done to separate yourself
1: from the pack there's not real one task as you, you guys know um, yeah. I think you know the overall kind of mentality is just you know have that tunnel vision, have that hunger. Um, I think you know the hours that I put in, relentless. Um, you know, work ethic. What are those commitment.
0: hours, just for the viewers? We were talking about it before. This bloke works more hours. What are
1: the, What are the I'm hours? Trying like to right? slow down, and we keep saying that year on year out, and it doesn't end up happening. Uh, But I probably do on average, I'd say minimum 12 hour days, anywhere up to 14, 15 hours a day, yeah. Seven days a week, right? Yeah, seven days a week. Mental. I don't really have Sundays off, um, but obviously on Sundays you wouldn't work as long, you know, you'd do six hours. Today I've been working from eight o'clock, that was my first appointment, but yeah. Massive, massive. Now,
2: when you started in real estate, were you doing those hours still or has it
1: gradually ramped up? Uh, I think it's gradually ramped up. When I first started, I'd probably finish off at 6, 7. But, you know, the busier you get, you know, um, you develop a clientele. Um, from I think my main point of difference is I don't focus on any one transaction. It's always long longstanding relationship with the client and myself. Yeah. Um, and that's what I'm good at, building relationships with people, you know. So now, for instance, today I got invited to a wedding for a client of mine that I've sold for. Their daughter's getting mm. married. Yeah. Um, and they invited me to, uh, to a wedding next year in February. Um, you wouldn't normally think that a client of yours is going to invite their real estate agent <laughs> to their wedding. But I don't like to, you know, see them as clients. A lot of my clients or the majority of my clients have now become friends of mine. And that's how, you know, I like to run my business. Well, I see a lot out with clients at dinners. Is
2: that, persp- and personally, I'm actually really curious about this. Do you invite them out to dinner? Or are they inviting you out to dinner? Nine out of 10 times, it's me inviting them. Yeah, yeah. okay. So you're using this as a form of prospecting tool as yeah, well? Absolutely.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, think about it, right? You've had a, you know, a big day at work, and instead of going home and just having dinner, um, have it with a couple of people that you genuinely enjoy their company with. And it's non-real estate or non-work-related conversations we're having there. You get to know a bit about each other, um, their personalities, their families, um, and a little bit more into their personal life.
2: Okay. So it seems like you're building lifelong relationships, Correct. not just one transaction type Absolutely
1: relationships. Right. Yeah.
2: Now, the area that you sell in now, in my area, a lot of people, you have a one, two step, you'll move from the townhouse or, or, or small house into the bigger houses. But once you reach a certain point in my marketplace, you're out of the hills. You're moving into different pockets, yeah. In right. this inner west pocket, I'm mm-hmm. guessing that it's they're staying in this inner west area for a very long time. And you can get multiple, multiple transactions,
1: yes, and no. Yeah, like a lot of them are staying in the local area for 30 40 years, you know, um, and they're jumping from one part of town to the other. Um, but a lot of them are going, you know, the next chapter of their life would be somewhere closer to the water, changing lifestyle uh whether it be, you know, closer towards the eastern suburbs or that pocket around Hunters Hill, Des Moines. Yeah. Um but a lot of them, especially that kind of top tier real estate, yeah. um, you know, anywhere north or upwards of four or five million dollars, mm. a lot of those clients that have been in the area for a long time, held properties for thirty, forty years, kids have kind of grown up and moved out of home and they don't need to be, you know, close to public transport or private schooling, mm. they're looking at going out closer towards the water. Yep. Yeah. Now what- up the coast. Yeah. yeah.
2: Now you're selling some of the most expensive real estate in the inner west. Do you ever get nervous walking into these big homes, into these multi multi million dollar properties or are you kind of unfazed by this now? Yeah. Yeah. In I think case. once you've
1: done it for long enough and the clients know who you are, you've got you know, an element of rapport there. Mm. There's obviously a trust factor because they've seen your name you know, on other properties and other mm. sales um, that you've executed in the area. Mm. I think if you know, you've got your local market knowledge down pat, um, you know the area well, the ins and the outs, and I've been born, lived, raised in the same area my whole life, um, I think that element of you know, anxiety or mm. nervousness, if you will, kind of goes away, yeah.
0: Cool. Do you do any preparation before you enter a home or do a listing presentation?
1: Yeah, absolutely, you have to, right? <laughs> what, what does that yeah. look like for you? Um, so one of my assistants will prepare a you know a CMA comparative market analysis. It includes comparable sales in and around their immediate vicinity, um, recent properties that you've sold because we're so um, area focused. Um, you know we're very straffle centric, if you will. Um, will include recent properties that we've sold um, that we always do have um, in and around that kind of local pocket. Um, what else? What about send a... I'll send an email um, yeah. before I get to the actual appointment. A bit of information on myself, you know, mm. past vendor testimonials, mm. um, samples of sample kind of emails of marketing or sample auction videos. Just a bit of information on the company and myself. Yeah.
2: Okay. Now, when you're selling, let's say, for example, a one to two million dollar property compared to a five plus million dollar property. What's the difference in negotiating? Is there any difference, any difference in, terms of, in terms of a marketing campaign, in terms of how
1: you negotiate with buyers? Yeah. Are buyers at that level
2: more difficult or Absolutely. easier to deal with? Yeah,
1: without a doubt. Um, when you're selling you know, a sub $1 million property, you know, generally in our area it's going to be an apartment or a townhouse. Um, and a lot of those buyers are first home buyers or you know, upsizing. It might be their second purchase, whatever it may be. Um, some of them are downsizers as well that could be a little bit more savvy. Having said that, it's a, lot, you know, it's a lot easier kind of working with them because they're a little bit more open and upfront. They don't keep their cards close in mm. their chest mm. um, as much. When you're selling a home, um, I sold, uh, sold one in Newton Road that you were mentioning um, earlier on. That one sold for $9 million, and the buyers for, for a property of that caliber. They've transacted properties, some of them 40, 50 homes to mm. get to that kind of stage in their life. Um, they're a lot more shrewd. Um, mm. And if you're not, you know, if, if you're not sharp um, and on point with them, then they'll run circles around you. Yeah. yeah. What, what yeah. do you
0: do to stay sharp? What is, what's the training been or the routine? Well, you've
1: got to be confident in your delivery. You've got to know your stuff. Um, mm. That's very important. You know, be a local market, you know, leader, so to speak. Um, So when they speak about another property and say, well, you're asking for this much, the property down the road sell for that much, you've got to know exactly, you know, was there an easement running through the property, was a block irregular, Um, and you've got to be confident about it, what part of the streets, you know, more prime, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Right. Now, you've reached
2: now a quite a large level of success. What are your next goals and what are you, are you stepping towards after this? Is it just still building a bigger market share in Strathfield or will you start to expand into different areas after this?
1: I think in the last six months more so, um, I was very Strathfield focused um, up until six months ago and uh, I realised a lot of the people that are you know coming through our homes in Strathfield are from surrounding suburbs. Um okay that our company you know dominate or transact a lot of properties in um and i think uh, i think we've started to now branch out to different areas i've given you know carlos kayla jacob their kind of core areas that i'm trying to grow them in as well yep. um and i think it's all you know cross pollination really mm-hmm. 50% of the people that come through our homes are local buyers definitely but the other 50% are from surrounding areas and nine out of 10 times if you're inspecting you know a home that kind of price point you're living in a property that you're going to need to sell once you've purchased right Mm. and what would you say is your biggest lead source at the moment are you using
2: much social media is it coming from is it strictly coming from open homes Are you guys door knocking cold calling what would be your biggest lead sources do a lot of social media
1: um not not as much door knocking Mm -hmm. i'm the type of person where I'm, i'm in the car and i'm on a phone call I can't drive past something you know happening at a property, whether it be a painter out the front or a skip in. Mm-hmm. I need to pull over, get off that call, and you know door knock it. That's probably more targeted door knocking, but mm-hmm. door knocking the street um, and what have you. We're not doing so much of that. We should probably be doing more. Mm-hmm. Um, the guys in our team need to be doing more of that, <laughs> letterbox dropping, <laughs> cold calling, all that sort of stuff. But now being you know the busiest time of year. From a real estate perspective, I think we're doing a lot more off, you know, just opening properties, showing homes, and a lot of the leads are coming off the back of properties we have on the market, whether it be from an inquiry or an inspection. Yeah. Okay.
2: Now, why would, what would be the key point of difference between, uh, I know you said there's not one, but if people are calling you in rather than everybody else, is there one reason
1: why people are starting to call you in rather than your competitors? Our results? yeah it's a lot easier to just say our results you know are the best um but if you look at you know properties that we've sold um i'll actually you know go into the depth of putting it on a comparison chart so i find out who else they're talking to Mm. and then i'll sit down and explain to them that same property was sold in this street we've sold this much and actually you know justify why we're probably you know best suited for the job in terms of maximizing the sale price um and the proofs in the pudding, right?
2: Great. Yeah. Now when you're obviously a young guy that's done very well. Do you do much real estate coaching and real estate training or is it do you think it's all natural ability
1: from yourself? I do. I have been doing coaching. Um Adrian Bo is my coach. So yeah. you know I sit down from with him from time to time um and I speak to him over the phone. Um that probably started a few months ago. Okay. I think I was feeling a little overwhelmed, a lot to do, not enough hours to do it in type of thing. So increasing efficiency, increasing you know, um, the amount of stuff you can do in the same amount of time, if you will. Um, that's really important, yeah.
0: What would you say out of that coaching has been the biggest shift, improving your efficiency?
1: setting out roles for my team you know um structures implementing processes that we now follow or try to follow Mm. sticking to it's the hard part right (laughs) big
2: time yeah big time tell you firsthand there's so many times like i'll set myself hey we'll do this this and this yeah and you always defer but it never happens. No. Nah. never happens. Nah. How do you do it out of curiosity? Um, I have a coach as well. So I, I have um, Jeff Jowett. Yep. Uh, it's more around mindset with me at the moment. So yeah. I did a lot of like Josh Vegan and what have you, setting up structures and getting my day set. Yep. Uh, but now that I've got all my structures in place, it kind of runs on autopilot. Now yeah. for me, it's more about having my mindset right to make sure when I'm going in, doing deals, it's a clear
1: cut decision around what I'm Mm -hmm. doing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Now I think being a bit more present, you know, in in that actual moment is important. One hundred percent. Yeah.
2: Now when you, if you were to start off again in real estate, would you do
1: anything different? Would I do anything different? There's a million and one things you could think of, right? No regrets. I think I'm happy with everything that I've done. Would I have done anything differently? Mm. Probably not. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not saying anything is perfect. I uh, I think the first couple of years, you know, I wasn't as serious and committed. Obviously, mm. but I don't regret that. You know, growing up, that's that's part of life. Everything's a learning curve. You learn. You kind of reflect, and then, mm. um, you know use that in, in the next chapter of your life moving forward.
2: Yeah. Now a lot of the younger, there are a lot of younger viewers that are listening to that will listen to this and will watch this that are newer into the industry. Yeah. What would be some of your biggest tips or takeaways for them that are new into the industry?
1: A lot of the people that are new into the industry, I feel like, you know, there's an element of frustration, mm. um, the results don't happen immediately. It's a long-term game. So what you put in now, you start to kind of reap the rewards and see the fruits of your hard work Mm. in a few years' time. Mm. Um, Keep, you know, door knocking, keep prospecting, um, do everything it takes to, you know, just identify a name a number and an email address and then nurture that database. Keep nurturing it. Every single listing I have, you know, at the moment, I've met these people two, three, five years ago. Mm. Um, so I think it's important to remember you're not gonna you know gain that immediate success now, um, but you just you know kind of have to stay focused um, and committed. Trust the process, and it'll come in time. Mm. Yeah.
2: What were your What was your daily task when you when you first got into real estate?
1: Were you purely door knocking? Were you purely cold calling? I love door knocking. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. When I first started, yeah, I door knocked. I remember I door knocked every single home in every street in the area. Um, I had an Excel spreadsheet for every street. Yep. So I'd door knock at the people who wouldn't, you know, want at home or who told me to get fucked, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'd still go back and I'd try calling them. Then I'd let a box drop and i just flooded the entire area doing that. Um, and then, you know, you get from one kind of phase to the next, it's a step at a time. Um, Then you'll start, you know, getting indoors and then once you finally get indoors, no one will take you seriously. Once you start getting taken seriously, you'll get a lot of knockback and rejection um, and they'll go with the agent who's got more runs on the board. Um, I used to sell a lot of things off market and try and show that, you know, I have those buyers, I have that clientele. Um, And I think that's when, you know, I first started to gain a little bit of traction where I was, you know, closing a lot of deals in an off market scenario um, that's when you need to then kind of get vendors to entrust you and have faith in you to get, you know, that vendor-paid marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, and once you do that and you've got runs on the board, you've got a bit of a history, a track record, um, things become a little easier. It's quite funny. That's
2: actually the exact same way that I started in Kellyville. Yeah. I, was, I was up against quite a big agent or very big agent in my area. Who was and it? Corey Skibris. Sorry. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> good agent. Uh, very good agent. Yeah. But um. But yeah, it was it was very tough coming up a big name like that, uh, and the way I had to get in was exactly the same as you. Prove to my vendors and do a lot of off market transactions and say, hey, look, I can actually get property sold without even yeah. advertising. Yeah. Now it's gotten to that point where we are doing a lot of it, well, where pretty much everything's VPA. Yep. Now for yourself, are you doing much off market now or is it purely on market now?
1: Looking at the lockdown period, uh, we were doing a lot of deals off market. Um, obviously that level of uncertainty around the market, owners, you know, or mm-hmm. hearing the, the media headlines, you know, number of cases, mm-hmm. all this sort of stuff. Um, so we were doing a lot of deals in an off-market perspective and you know, getting a lot of good, uh, good results then as well. Now we're trying to push things more towards market. I mean, it's a market in which you want to be taking advantage of the good climate we're in. Um, and I think it eliminates that you know, doubt that a vendor may have in their mind. Um, was there more money on the table? Mm, mm, powerful. Uh, now, when you come
2: up, what what, what would be your biggest uh, take battle of when you go into a listing appointment? And now, as you can see, you are a younger guy. Yeah. How are you combating that? Because I know, obviously, me being young as well, I get a lot of that. So curious to see how you combat
1: when people say, "Hey, you, look, you are a lot younger than some of your competitors." I talk about you know a lot of the competitors when they when they you know raise competitors and they say this person's been doing it for this long and. You know this is your level of experience and I speak about how you know I'm not only more hungrier but I'm more enthusiastic about it there's a level of complacency that kicks in when you've been doing it for 20 or 30 years mm. um, the hardest worker in the room wins I think you know that's the reality of it I show them my results against other people I think I mentioned that earlier mm. um, but more importantly I talk about you know a lot of these competitors whether they be principals directors you know, they're married, they've got kids. There's a lot of those responsibilities that they need to focus on. Um, I'm married to my work, you know, and I make that very clear that yep. for me, my priority is your home. Is your home going to be their priority? You know, who do you think is going to service your home? Yeah. Who's going to service you a lot better? And who's going to give you that attention that you deserve? What, 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 your property deserves.
0: what do you do to service your, your life? And get a balance to enjoy the fact that you're working all these hours. What do you do for yourself? Good question, Daniel. I'm still <laughs> figuring it out.
1: the Rolex, Get rolling. You'll figure, uh, it, to uh, roll You'll figure that out after Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think uh, I think that's the, the goal for every year. You know, how do you um, kind of have that healthy work life balance? Um, I like to train in the mornings. Um, I, I would like to spend you know a bit of time with the family. Um, I think back end of this year has been a little manic so you haven't been able to really do that and speaking to other agents speaking to yourself earlier i think you know that that problem is there and consistent throughout our industry it's very important to have that um work-life balance and you know not it's very easy to get not only burnt out but be eaten you know by the industry um ultimately it's about realizing what's important to you and you know spending time on those things in your life yeah,
2: good answer, mate. Um, with an
1: ideal day for yourself, what time are you waking up?
2: What do your daily tasks look like throughout a standard day? And then what time are you hitting the sack? Yeah,
1: I go to bed. You know, trying to wake up at five a.m. in the morning every day. Um, I end up waking up probably about six. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Rolling out of bed. Um, I like to get in uh, a bit of exercise. Um, I'll be. I'll put my hands up and I'll say I'm guilty of not doing that for the last month or two. Mm. Um. And then I will get into work, trying to get into work at eight o'clock. Have a team meeting with my team, so everyone knows what's you know happening throughout the day. We all share have a shared calendar. Everyone knows everyone's whereabouts if they need anything. Um, I'll then start on you know eight thirty. I like to get on the phone with all my vendors, update everyone. You know, on a daily basis. So I think if you get that out of the way, um, in the morning, what actually you'll find is they're you know a lot more comfortable that you've reached out to them you're not receiving calls from them and then that task is done for the day you don't have to speak to them again in the day so you're speaking to vendors every single day yeah i try to i try to speak to them every day even if there's no update call for 20 seconds hey mate I've got nothing to say. Have a good day. Yeah. Catch you later. <laughs> <Cool>. <laughs> as long as they know that you're yeah, there, right? Exactly right. Mm. Exactly right. Okay. And what happens throughout after that, once you get those calls out of the way? What are your next tasks? Um, I think just, you know, focusing on the pipeline. I'm always looking out for the next listing, you know, where mm-hmm. am I gonna get my next listing from? Um, I uh, last few months I've realised, you know, the importance of having a structured day. I like to do all my appointments in the back end of the day, um after one o'clock, two o'clock if I can. Obviously, there's ones that you can't, and you know, you'll have a client that says, no, we need to meet you at this time, and mm. that's fine. You've got to do what you've got to do at times. Mm. But I think um, you know, between 8.30 and uh, 12.30 or 8.30 and 1 o'clock, I'm just hitting the phones. Okay. Yeah. And usually, what time are you finishing and then getting to bed?
2: And are you going out after and having client dinners every week? That's something it... I'm guilty
1: of, yeah. 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 I think last week, every night, I had a client dinner. <laughs> really, good. really, good. Cool. yeah. It's not a bad thing. Yeah, a few drinks. Yeah, a couple of drinks. You look, yeah. you switch off, but ultimately, it's not really completely switching off, is it? No, it's still doing the job, if you will. Mm, yeah. um, so that part, you know, mm. always stays. And uh, I think I'm finishing up at, at about eight nine o'clock every night. Yeah,
2: yeah. big hours. So with yourself, are you, are you doing? Are you taking much time off over Christmas? Have you taken much holidays or? Do you, do you plan your holidays throughout the year? Because I know a lot of agents, what they'll do is they'll plan holidays every three months or so. Are you like that or are you just purely work focused at the moment? I
1: have been purely work focused. Next year I want to be you know, focused on my life a little more, my family a bit more, um, spend, you know, spend time with the people that I love. Good. Fantastic. That's what's important in life, Kev. Good. It is.
2: It is. It is 100%. And I I think that's what I've found uh, over the past couple of years. Like I've worked so hard to get to a a point, a level of success. But then you start to realize, hey, this isn't everything. Mate, nothing's going with you. Yeah, exactly. Exactly right. Um, Mate, a last parting question um, before we wrap this up what would be your number one tip for anyone that's just started into real estate? Your number one tip is a big hours. Would it be the, the the, sort of the amount of hours you're working, your, your relationships that you're building? Because I know there are next, they are next. Relationships
1: is a big one. There's not one big thing. There's not one big thing. Um, I think, I think for me, mm-hmm. one of the biggest things was once I realized not to compare my chapter one with someone else's chapter 10. Yeah, That was a big thing, you know? Comparing yourself with the other agent or the number one agent in your area, or, fuck, he's just launched three mm-hmm. listings, mm-hmm. all that sort of crap. You know, you've got to cut that out. It's you versus mm-hmm. you. So as long as you're improving, you know, um, even if it's 1% mm-hmm. um, from Monday to Friday, you're doing well. You right. know, Set yourself small targets and small goals. When you're first starting off it's not about you know having your listings it's more so about having your appraisals or having new contacts all that sort of stuff mm-hmm. um and just realize that it's a long game you know mm-hmm. you're not gonna have any level of success in the first few years and that's fine mm. legendary enjoy the journey not the, the destination or whatever they say <laughs> <laughs> my um
0: my last question for you Tarun, what yeah. would you say drives you now and has that driver changed over the years
1: Um, what drives me now? I don't know. I get asked that a lot. If you had
0: to say something, what would it be, off the top of your head?
1: At first, I'd say you know, it was trying to trying to be at the top of your game. Um, Now, what probably drives me more is my team, and you know, knowing I'm there to support them, um, you know, helping them succeed and seeing them hit their targets and achieve their goals. There's a level of satisfaction around that. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have just one thing that's really driving me. Yeah. Nice. Well, legendary advice. Thank yeah. you for coming. Appreciate no worries, it. Man. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah. Thank, Thank you. you.
2: Cheers.